Good to have you on board. Bill Michaels Show. Hopefully uh, your Friday's been good to you so far. we got all kinds of stuff to get to. We've got a bubble day today for the Green Bay Packers, our bubble discussion. We have got to some Brewers conversation. Uh, you have got uh, the uh, Stephen had sent us an email earlier that said this is the beginning of the end of the Milwaukee Bucks because Giannis will not sign the contract extension. Stephen, I'll get into that coming up here in a minute. Um, Pack fan wants to know thoughts on the White Sox moving to Nashville. Do you believe it's a possibility? I look. I think every team has the ability to threaten, and ultimately, a lot of this stuff gets worked out. The White Sox have been in Chicago for so long, for so long. I can't imagine them leaving. I can't. What I, I, I guess, what would it say about the city of Chicago to have the Bears move out of Chicago and the White Sox leave the state? Think about it. I mean, Chicago is... For some of the things that they have, it can be a really cool city. It can. But for the most part, it has been run into the ground. It has been pillaged and just just destroyed through greed and theft. And I, I, there's not many nice things I can say about Chicago. There's certain things I love to do. I really do. I, I love... I love going down to Chicago to the House of Blues. I love some of the restaurants down there. Um, shopping, eh, you know. Since they have rioted there numerous times now and basically burned down the the mile, um, it, you know, stores have left in droves. It's kind of a shell of what it used to be. And the fact that you walk up and down the street and you almost get a contact buzz because the stench of pot uh, roaring through the canyons is palpable. Um, but I can't imagine that the White Sox leave leave town. Part of it was the timing of that stadium. That was one of the stadiums that got built. I don't know if that was built. Be- Grant, can you remember was the, the new whatever the hell they call it now, um, whatever kind of craptastic name that that thing has, did they build that before or after the Jake uh, in Cleveland? Do you know? Oh, I, I don't know. I know it was it was Comiskey, right? And now it's U.S. Cellular Field or something. It's not Comiskey anymore on the south side, It's right? something rate field. Guaranteed like, rate guar- field. Guaranteed Attaboy. rate yeah. field, yeah. Because um, they changed it and it, you know, and it, there's not a lot of dynamicness to it. It's one of those stadiums that was built as the tweeners. And by that, I mean it was new, but it didn't have all the amenities that stadiums today have. And But yet it was newer than Old Comiskey because Old Comiskey was turning into a dump. And, like, when they built the Jake, which is now Progressive Field in Cleveland, and Camden Yards, which has always been Camden Yards, and those new style stadiums, the more intimate stadiums, more luxury suites, taking care of fans in a, in a better way. Um, it's uh, it, it was kind of an in between, so it didn't get all those nice amenities. 
And in the same way they redid the restructure of Soldier Field, it's a toilet. It, it's a it's a just a garbage, garbage stadium. And it 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 doesn't generate them enough money. And also, it's not in the best area of town. So no wonder they want to move. I mean, but then again, you're not going to put the South Siders on the North Side. So where are you going to move them to? Um, yeah, I, I I can't see the White Sox leaving Chicago though. They've just it's they've been a staple, you know. And then to go to Nashville, nah. Nashville wants a team. Nashville, I mean, they down in Nashville. I don't know if you've ever been to a Nashville Sounds game. They come out. Talk about a city that supports its team. They support their team, big time. Uh, Comiskey opened in 1991. The Jake was in 94, so just a couple 94. years later. Okay. Chicago yeah. being so a couple was, years, right? So it was it was that Tweener Stadium. And 91, what is it now, 30-plus years old? 30, 32, 33 years old? Eh, you know, usually you go 50 years. You know, the demand now for new stadiums is kind of ridiculous. I mean, what the Atlanta Braves did was crazy. They built the new Fulton County in in Atlanta, and then after only, you know, what, a decade or so, a little bit more than that, it was like, ah, we got to get a new stadium. And then they built one way out of outside of Atlanta, where the new stadium is. Because, again, the city is such a pit. You know? Uh, I can't imagine, though, the White Sox leaving. I just can't. How would you like to be the mayor of that city and to see the White Sox leave? Nobody wants that. And, look, I'm not a White Sox fan, and I'm not a Chicago fan, but you, you can't lose. You can't lose a staple like that. You just can't. Uh, Jason says, uh, Mark Antanasio should come out of hiding and face the fans. I try to be objective. And if uh, the Stearns deal isn't enough, he goes into hiding. Where Where's the camera uh, of him sitting amongst the crowd? Uh, yeah, we haven't seen that in a long time, have we? We haven't seen Mark Antanasio sitting out with the fans in a long time. We're getting plenty of Tom Flanagan in the booth. He he's he's all over the place this season. I feel yeah. like every other week he's up there with Levering and Rock, but I haven't seen right. Atanasio as much. What is Brian Anderson doing right now? Is he doing I, something else too? I don't know. Enjoying some time off probably this summer. That's what I'd be doing I if guess. I were him. I guess. Well, he does NBA. He does March Madness. And he does some of the the Fox Game of the Week, I guess. You know, he does uh, the NCAA tournament. But I thought his main gig was was Brewers. And uh, by the way, Cheddarball says Mark Antanasio was with the fans on Wednesday against the Twins. Had plenty of shots of him during the game. I didn't see. I didn't see that on Wednesday. Didn't get a chance to see that. There you go. Um. Then uh, Chris says, uh, I think it's time that Mark Antanasio actually does a press conference and answers some tough questions. Will other reporters, other than the normal pack of softball recorders, reporters be asking questions about the stadium issue? Uh, I, it just depends on who's there. It depends on you know how quickly they call the presser. Sometimes Mark will talk to the media impromptu, and you're going to get the normal baseball reporters that are there. And then there's other times that you say, hey, Mark Antanasio is going to speak to the media on such and such a date. And then you have a plethora of reporters outside of the, the realm of sports who cover the team on the daily. 
Uh, and I don't know what else to ask, Mark. What 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 needs to be asked? And I'm not defending anything. I'm just like, what else needs to be asked? There's certain things they need to do, some things they need to fix inside the stadium. Um, and I understand that. Uh, in the realm of spending money regarding baseball, he what's he supposed to do? Look at you and go, yeah, we're in first place. Some of the guys haven't hit the way they thought we thought they would, but we're in first place. If the guys that we have on this team just hit to the back of their baseball card with the pitching we have, we'd be running away with the division. We'd be one of the better teams in baseball. So I, I don't I don't know what you want Mark to answer. Good, but there's this vitriol right now for Mark Antanasio. And I I don't at times I understand. I you know, the whole throwing David Stearns under the bus last year saying we were in the Juan Soto thing. It's like, no, you weren't. But you know, like why'd you get rid of Hunter Renfro? Why would you do that? And then go all young. You know, why some of the some of the deals I, I get, but you know, there's some deals that you can scratch your head over, but you can say that about every team. You know? I think I, I think overall Mark's been a good owner. It, the first time I ever really questioned him was last year during the hater deal. And it and if we've learned anything through the F up of what's happened with the, the whole Bud Light fiasco, come out and own it. Don't deflect it because it, it was like doubling down and getting it worse, making it worse. You know, so to me, if I'm Mark, I, I come out and say, yeah, you know what? We screwed that up. Just really underestimated the power of what Josh brought to the team and blah, blah, blah. And we were wrong. You know, we're always trying to get better. We, we, we try to get in on conversations. We're really working hard to try to get that guy. We've got some things up our sleeve that we hope happen in the offseason. And, you know, okay. I can live with all of that. I'm not uh, I'm not sitting here just spewing all the anger towards Mark Antanasio. Um, 877-867-1670. Going back to Stephen's question, saying that this is the beginning of the end of the Milwaukee Bucks. Stephen, no, it's not. Uh, you're somebody who's looking for gloom and doom, you know? Um. What Giannis, Giannis didn't say he wasn't signing with the Bucks. What Giannis says was, I'm not signing a long-term contract until I make sure that this team is committed to winning and striving for a championship. I'm good with that. And here's the reason why. Because if Giannis leaves, it tells you they're not committed. That's your indicator to say ownership of that team is not committed to winning. And it kind of gives me an indication as to where I should spend my money. Giannis wants to stay here and wants to win, period. Now, commitment to winning, usually commitment, respect, all of those things equal money. All those words just basically equal money. And maybe he's mad about Coach Budenholzer getting fired. Or maybe, you know, the Bucks didn't hire the guy that he wanted them to hire. Or maybe he's mad that they waited too long to fire Coach Bud and he wanted to keep Darvin Ham. I, I don't know. I don't know what the inner workings are behind the scenes. But I think it's something that I said a long time ago when he walked into the restaurant and said to John Horst and the management staff that was sitting there dining, and he said right in front of God and everybody, you put the guys around me and I will win you a championship. That is my commitment. He's always meant it. 
There's nothing new here. There's nothing off the off the charts that he's saying or doing. So is it the beginning of the end? No. The only way it's the end is if Giannis leaves. But Giannis will leave if the indication is there that they're not going all in. But I will say, in the NBA, it's tough to go all in. Guys aren't reaching free agency anymore. You know, and, and Giannis can say, I want this guy and I want that guy. But you got to have two to tango, and you got to have somebody willing to make the deal for what it is you're willing to give up. Well, that's the thing, Bill, is Chris is getting old. Brooke is getting old. Drew's getting old and, and said that he might retire at the end of this. So there might be a situation where Giannis and the Bucks sit down and, and the Bucks look at Giannis and say, look, this is what we want to do. It might not fit your timeline, but Giannis, we don't have any other choice. We've traded all our picks. We, nobody's available to sign as a free agent. It might just come to a point where the Bucks can't do anything for Giannis anymore, no matter how right. bad they want to. Right. And then Giannis hits free agency, and the bidding wars begin, and you know the Bucks kind of start all over. But you know, with this 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 window that they've had with being the best team in the league, and and you know, and 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 being able to get a lot of regular season wins. And they did get a championship since 1971. They got a championship. They He accomplished exactly what he said he would do. So I'm not upset with this at all. And the way free agency is going right now in the NBA with players basically signing and then demanding trade, and that, that's a whole issue uh, in and of itself. But this creation of the super teams and who wants to dictate who can go where, and you know, and it started really with LeBron. When LeBron was taking his talents to South Beach, you know, and all that garbage. It, and that's when it started. Because it used to be just build a team, try to develop your guys, pick up a piece or two here or there with a trade, and then you worked with it and you tried to move on. And now it's all about creating the super teams. Who can go where? Who's going to demand a trade here or there? How's that all going to work out? You know? And I, I think now we're seeing the pendulum swing back the other way against all of this. Against all of this. And I'm, I'm for it. I really am, but I, 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 I want to see the team commit to Giannis because as long as you have Giannis, you know you've got a shot at the postseason. But I, <laughs> then again, you also have the Lakers are going to be getting old, and that's going to go away. Uh, eventually, in the next three to five years, Golden State's going to go away. The God knows that the the Phoenix Suns they're old. You got young guys, young talent in the league now, and we've seen it with Denver and company. That you've got some younger teams that are on the on the rise. So it's not you know the Lakers are as old as old gets, and the Bucks very quickly became old before our very eyes. So, and the other aspect of that is oh by the way Giannis get better. You know. Free throw shooting and outside shooting has been a nemesis, and we know that. And you can't put all that on Giannis. I get that. What you want to say is you got to get guys around him that are going to be better. But when you have to have the ball in his hands all the time, too, that can be detrimental. You know? 877-867-1670, you got a thought, give it to us. Uh, we got a lot more to get to. Don't forget, coming up about an hour from now, Mike Clement's going to join us. Bubble day. Bubble discussion in uh, Green Bay as we talk about who may or may not be with this team. May or may not be with this team. So let's do this. Uh, stick around. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.
Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Enjoying the day. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at the ICHC, the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. A lot of great uh, concerts coming to town uh, over the holiday season. So if you're going to start thinking about maybe making some holiday plans, and I hate to say that because I know it's still a few months away, but uh, they've they've got a lot of things that they, they've booked already. So uh, go to ICHC.net. That's ICHC.net. You can follow the Irish Cultural Heritage Center over on Facebook as well. Uh, but give Corey a call, 414-345-8800, 414-345-8800. And, uh, boy, I, I know Cynthia is coming to town, too, during uh, St. Patrick's Day, and, and coming up in March. And I've already got a group of people that are going to go to that. That's going to be fantastic. So I'm really, really looking forward to that performance. And it's just a, such a cool place, an old eclectic uh, church that's been converted into this big uh, hall. And whether it's for weddings or concerts or meeting space, they've got something for everybody. Go to ICHC.net. Um, this is uh, from uh, Nancy. Nancy says, as a longtime season ticket holder for the Milwaukee Bucks, I would hate to see Giannis leave. That would pretty much signify that the beginning of the end and maybe even a new ownership change. What are your thoughts? Um, mm, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you get the feeling, and I said this a while ago when uh, Lazary and Edens and everybody bought into this team. They didn't buy a team. They bought a city. When you look at the investments in downtown, the investments in the properties, um, you know, the hotel that's gone up next door now, the, the different areas downtown that have been basically built around that deer district um i i get the sense that they invested in all of this eventually you want to get your money out of your investment they they bought a city now that doesn't mean that they want to sell because i know they want to win more but i i don't know i i don't know i mean lazary's already sold he's out him and his family, you know, they didn't he, – he didn't win the Democratic nod. So they they sold their share and bolted. Um, and I know, you know, the, the condos and such down on the river have been sold. So they're out. They don't have housing here from what I understand anymore. I, I don't know if Wes Edens would do that as well with and turn it on the whole God. I, I would pray to God that they would never turn the reins over to Hazlitt. But that's, uh, you got me on that one. I wish I knew. I wish I had better insight. I don't think so. I don't think they're here to sell. 
But you don't get your investment out of it. You know, you don't put money in the bank unless you do sell. I mean, certainly the Bucks have grown in in value with the Fiserv form, the Deer District, and, and everything around it. And the franchise alone, I mean, just the buildings alone that they have, they've grown that that you know that value for the franchise uh, exponentially since they took it over from the senators. So uh, a lot of money is is there to be made and to walk away with. And you talk about guys that made their money investing in certain things. Um, so um, I, I, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't know if they would sell it. I don't know if they would sell it. Not as long as Giannis is there and not as long as there's success. The The NBA is a very fickle thing right now in the ability to, you know, oh, here we go. Uh, I'm looking at the, the headline right now over on the four-letter network is the, is the freak, freak, meaning the Greek freak show over in Milwaukee. So already nationally, they're grabbing onto this. I just, I, I think it's. The, the, let me say this: you're not hearing anything now that you didn't hear a while ago before Giannis signed the supermax. I have a feeling this is a lot of talk about nothing, and this is Giannis basically saying, "I do not want to become irrelevant. I don't want to be the best player on a bad team. I want to be the best player." Um. I want to be the best player on a championship team. That's it. And going back to the the selling of the team, the only reason it would make a difference is if somebody was buying it to buy it for an investment rather than buy it to win. I mean, everybody wants to win. You want to win. It, it, it grows your value. I, it doesn't really matter who owns the team as long as management's committed to winning. And every group of managers that come in, every group of owners that come in, they're all committed to winning. Mark Antanasio was committed to winning. The senator was committed to winning. Bud Selig was committed to winning. You know, um, everybody's committed to winning. But you and I both look at commitment levels as money. What What is your level of commitment? How willing, how, how deep are you willing to go into your own pockets? You know? So I, I don't know. I don't know. People and who own, Bullock, yeah, go ahead. Well, people who own sports franchises tend not to sell them. It happens here and there, but we hear, I think, Bill, way more often people are forced to sell for this reason or that reason. Right. People normally don't give up a sports team. If you can own a sports team, you typically hang on to it. Yeah, uh, and that which was why you know, I mean, I think it just with, with the in. I don't want to say infighting because I don't know all the depths of the discussions, but it's just like Lazary just wanted out. It seemed like uh, it was almost simultaneous with losing the election uh, to getting out, which maybe was indicative to me as to what I thought about all along. I thought they're just buying a city and they're trying to, you know, work themselves governmentally through cer certain things that are going to benefit them. And that's kind of what it was. You could kind of see it. Yeah, well, you know, you, when when you fly in for games and your planes and your kids are all back and forth, and you know you're only flying here to be seen, and then you fly out, and yeah, you know, that's you know, owners. I mean, I know owners live in other areas of the country. I get it, but you know, yeah, when you don't have that heartfelt investment 
when it's more just pocketbook investment eh, it tends to tends to show. Bill, I'll be uh, I'll be honest with you up front. I only took the job to to be on the show with you because I'm going to parlay this into a run for Senate. So if I don't get elected, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably you're going to have to find another producer. So if you like me on the show, I can count on your vote. I assume here in the next in the next couple yes. of years. Yeah, I'll vote for you. Uh, yeah, well, I think we're pretty much on the same page. I got so one. I'll, I'll vote for you. Sweet. Um, Jason says the ownership of the Bucks have fought from day one. Uh, remember the hiring of Horst. Yeah, you know, but again, everybody has opinions and difference of opinions and such. But you know, it doesn't mean they disliked one another. I mean, God, they they went in on a on a billion dollar effort together. So there has to be some sort of trust and and the ability to get along there. You know. Um, Let's do this. Well, we're late for a break. Uh, bottom of the hour, and we'll get back into the Packers talk coming up. But, again, going back to Stephen's email from earlier, I don't think it's the beginning of the end. I think it's just merely Giannis saying, hey, I want to be competitive. And that's something that he said all along. There's nothing new here, nothing to see here. It is what it is. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michaels Show. Hopefully uh, you're enjoying a good Friday. Uh, I just sat and watched uh, during the break the uh, the rant of one young Stephen A. Smith uh, praying that they get Giannis to go to New York, which would kill me if another superstar out of the state of Wisconsin goes to New York, but because they deserve it. And uh, the, uh, here's the thing. The Knicks had a lot of success going back to the Patrick Ewing days in company. And the Bucks have deserved, have been deserving of success for a long time now. So this whole thing about other entities, specifically New York, deserving a superstar, it's like that's a giant bite me. <laughs> just, just so you say, uh, you know, uh, not happening. Uh, I just, I would never, ever want to see that. Never want to see that. Uh, 877-867-1670. Um, the thought on Bubble Day, which is what today is we're kind of calling Bubble Day as we get into the discussion coming up here in about a half an hour, 45 minutes from now, regarding the Packers, the roster, uh, because we are less than a week away from roster cutdowns and the Green Bay Packers and the rest of the NFL needing to trim the fat, so to speak, as to who may or may not be a part of this squad. Uh, this is from Jordan. Jordan says, do you think Emmanuel Wilson needs a big game again? to prove his wares to knock Patrick Taylor out of the third running back spot. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I, look, everybody does. Anybody that's not named A.J. Dillon, I mean, and Aaron Jones needs to show something. I mean, because it, they may have a flip of the coin at this point where Patrick Taylor is kind of the, the front runner, but say Patrick Taylor goes out and fumbles twice, and then you've got Tyler Goodson or Emmanuel uh, Wilson or Lou Nichols or somebody just really takes a hold of it and goes, you know, catches a couple of passes, breaks a couple of tackles, and off they go, and who knows? But, I mean, I think they know what they have in Patrick Taylor. I think they know what they have in Tyler Goodson. They're just kind of waiting to see if 
if that emerges. Uh, this is from Davey. Davey says, uh, hey, unit, they've got a real decision to make at the wide receiver position. They've got so many decent guys and yet not enough space to go around. Can they squeeze some of these guys to the practice squad without getting picked up? I'm sure they can. Um, I don't know. When you got a fifth-round draft choice in Dontavian Wicks, if you would cut him loose, um, Grant DeBose, maybe you could let go and he could swing to the practice squad only for the fact that he missed a portion of training camp because of the back issues. Malik Heath, because he was an undrafted college free agent, maybe you could squeeze him. But I, I don't know. If you if you cut Wicks or or Melton, or you're not squeezing those guys anywhere. I think they would get they would get picked up before it's all said and done. Just my opinion. Uh, let's go to Dean listening to us in lacrosse. Dean, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? Morning. How's it going? Doing so well, well so far, Dean. What's on your mind, man? Hey, so uh, I wanted to just talk about the trades that could have happened that didn't. Uh, there was a story mm-hmm. on Wednesday that Pete Alonzo was almost a brewer, and I'm not yeah. sure who didn't pull the trigger on that, but he was saying he's glad to be a Met, et cetera, despite what Scherzer said about their future. But uh, I called the the morning show guys, Ebo, and I, I screwed around with, well, what would the haul have been if the Brewers had pulled off an Otani trade? And, you know, I basically said we've got top three prospect in all of baseball in uh, Jackson Chirio, who I uh, lovingly called Chirizo. But um, mm-hmm. really great player. We probably would have had to give him up to get Otani. And uh, the trade that wasn't, uh, you know, I, I kind of made fun of the Angels for not trading him. Uh, just like the Cubs didn't train, trade Wilson Contreras last year. And um turns out that Otani ended up getting hurt. So right. I, I, I think from the perspective of the Brewers, they still aren't getting the productivity from first base they would have liked and could have gotten with Alonso. But uh, in terms of Otani, <laughs> dodged that one. But uh, yeah. at the time, I was thinking that made no sense for either side, for the Angels to hold on to him for sure. But then, I don't know, Brewers, I wish they'd make a push, you know, get somebody. So. No, I agree. I appreciate the phone call. When you look at what the Brewers are doing uh, over at first base and, you know, I mean, Carlos Santana, you know, his average is low, to say the very least. He's had a few hits here as of late, but it hasn't been something where you, uh, like I said earlier, if you're Mark Antanasio and you have to sit there and and take the heat, say, from fans who say, why didn't you spend the money? You can say, uh, well, let's see here. We've got Joey Weimer hitting 212. Uh, we have got uh, right now Rowdy Telez hitting 210. You've got uh, Jesse Winker, who we picked up, hitting 199. Uh, you've got Carlos Santana hitting 198. If any of these guys started to hit to what the normal back of their baseball card would be, we'd be a lot better off. Mark Canna hitting 226. You know, Luke Voigt, who they picked up, hitting a massive 221. You know, I mean, anyone at Luis Urias. Uh, was here and he hit 145, you know. Uh, so <sighs> Willie Adamas at least has his average up to 214, but he has struggled all season long. He can't get back to the back of his baseball card, you know. So when you look at all these numbers, you're like, look, we thought we put a pretty good team together. And once we did, it's up to the guys on the field to get the job done. They're gonna, they can say the exact same thing in New York with the Mets. We put a really good team together. On paper, we we had it all. We were on our way to a World Series. But when the guys go out and can't execute and things just go spiraling bad, they're just bad. 
So I I can't blame. I mean, you would always love to see the Brewers actually pull the trigger. I I really I'm I'm kind of tired. Like the Alonzo deal. Oh my God, the Brewers were close. Who cares? It's just another name in a litany of names where they've been close. They've been close and they didn't pull the trigger. Okay. Just another name on a wall of Hall of Famers or guys that could bolster this team that they never got. It's always the same old blank. You know, oh, my God, they were in on this. What does that do for you? Does it get you all amped up? Are your pants fitting tighter now? Who cares? They didn't get them. They didn't do it. Didn't pull the trigger. Just a, You can look at it as, oh, they were talking. That's great. Way to go, Matt Arnold. It's just another guy they didn't get. I don't care. And I said that at the beginning. I said, I don't want to hear about some deal that they were close on that never transpired. Never happened. Why? Because they weren't going to pull the trigger. You're never going to get something for nothing. You're never going to get... Uh, a, a real bona fide filler, a guy where you're just going to say, oh, God, we got to get this guy. Oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. Oh, let's be honest. Pete Alonso, what is, what is he hitting this year? I think I saw his numbers. He was hitting like 225. It's not like, I mean, would he fill the bill? Yeah, no doubt. Now, don't get me wrong. He doesn't have the, the average numbers, but his power numbers are there because he's approaching 40 home runs. So, it, you know, if you'd rather have Pete Alonso or Rowdy Telez, Rowdy, uh, Rowdy Telez, you're out the door. Rowdy Telez, by the way, yesterday was doing an autograph signing at Waukesha Sports Cards out here. Because I was wondering why the line was so big out in front of uh, uh, near Coles the other day, yesterday. And it was because Rowdy Telez and a couple other guys were out there signing autographs. But that's neither here nor there. But the power numbers, at least the power numbers under Pete Alonso would be there. The run production would be there. I think he's... Uh, the last I checked, and I don't know, Grant, correct me if I'm wrong, Pete Alonso, he had 90 RBIs on the season already? He's been very productive, I know. I can go check. Yeah. But he, I don't know if the home run totals have been there, um, but production, especially to position the Brewers need. Yeah, and let's be real, yeah. Bill, just an average first baseman would have been an upgrade you know, over Rowdy right. Telez and Owen Miller, which is who they were playing. Right. I And, and when... You look at Alonzo, I remember when I read the story and I thought, okay, boy, this is, would have been great. And then I went, I looked and his batting average was in the 220s. And I'm like, ah. But then I looked at his OPS and his, his power numbers. I'm like, wow, okay. Y- you can, if you're going to approach 40 home runs in a season and 100 RBI, yeah, you can put up with a low batting average. But when you've got a guy like Rowdy who's not giving you the power numbers, Jesse Winkers who's not giving you the power numbers, and a low batting average, and a low on-base percentage, not driving in runs, then it becomes just a sinkhole. But at least Alonzo would have been an upgrade in that sense. Absolutely. But, it's again, like I said, it just doesn't matter to me because it's just another name and a litany of names that the Brewers were in on that they ultimately didn't get. 39 homers, 95 RBIs. That's what they would have. 39 and 95. Okay, so I wasn't that far off. 39 and 95. There you go. 39 home runs and probably going to bust 40. Whew. You would have loved it. You'd love to have that sitting in the middle of your lineup. Can you imagine how good suddenly Adamas could become, maybe with a guy like that hitting behind him, or at least the front end of your lineup when you're putting Yelich and company on base? How much things would have been, how good they could have been. So, 
877-867-1670. But ultimately, hey, by the way, we were going to get a sponsor. Uh, we were going to get, uh, you know, people from Dubai, and it was going to be incredible, and they were going to put $14 billion into the program and buy us a golden studio. We were this close. It didn't happen. Same thing. Pipe dream. Who cares? Big, giant, steaming pant load of nothing. Of nothing. Doesn't matter. Uh, 877 In Wisconsin, we're used to it. Let's let's wait until the rumors come out. Who are you in on? Oh, boy. Ooh, dare to dream. It would have been great to get that. Oh, but ultimately you don't. There you have it. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This, uh, this portion of the program brought to you by Every Plumbing and Heating. And uh, many of you, I'm sure, were calling uh, Craig Every <laughs> over the last few days as the heat was cranked up all over the state of Wisconsin. They're serving La Crosse and Trempolo, Jackson, Monroe, Vernon counties. And uh, they do, uh, if you're looking for water heater help, they can help you. If you're looking for, uh, you know, uh, heat uh, that gets run through your floor, if you're doing a reconstruction or a new construction, they can help you out with that. Looking for plumbers and contractors and such in that area. Uh, they do air conditioning as well. So, so many different things that they can facilitate. That's every plumbing and heating located in Onalaska, Wisconsin. 608-783-2803. 608-783-2803. Get a hold of them. Uh, this was from uh, Mark who said, uh, how come you keep talking about Emmanuel Wilson? Uh, well, Emmanuel Wilson's just, he's had some good games. He had the 80-yard scamper against Cincinnati. And even if you take away... The 80-yard scamper, he's still averaging over four and a half yards of carry total for the you know the first couple of games of the preseason. Picked up a couple of blitzes that were pretty not really heavy blitzes, but picked up a couple of blocks that were that were nice, and is averaging over four yards of carry. Had the one scamper for the touchdown, like I had mentioned, but he's he's played pretty well. That's the reason, you know, when you get an opportunity. And again, you say, okay, take away the 80-yard run. But also, you can't. The guy got an 80-yard run. He got a burst of daylight, got through the hole, did everything after that. His wheels got him to the end zone. So, I'm, you know, it's kind of like, you know, somebody does something extremely well, and all people want to do is, well, you did it once, so that's it. You know, okay, but the guy did it to begin with. You don't take it away from people. But like I said, even if you do take that away, he's still averaging over four and a half yards of carry. I'm good with that. And that's the reason. It just probably opens up some eyes. Nothing more. Um, Judge Mayles Burner says, Rosenthal said that the Mets were, Mets were asking for the prospects two through five from the Brewers. I'm glad they didn't pull the trigger. Uh, when I talk about prospects, I say two things to myself. Matt Laporta. Brewers didn't want to give him up. Boy, it took everything they had to pry Matt Laporta out of their palms when, boy, CeCe Sabathia was sitting right there. I don't know if they should do this. Matt Laporta is going to be a first baseman in this league for a long time with power. He's going to be a prototypical corner player. Oh, my God, Matt Laporta. I can't give him up. I can't give up Matt Laporta. Oh, okay, okay, look. Uh, we'll give you Matt Laporta. 
you know, give us CeCe Sabathia and we'll, okay. Oh, God, we lost Matt Laporta. Holy crap. Hello? Hello? <laughs> yeah, you're right, Brian. Lewis Brinson? Hello? Come on. Prospects are prospects until the word prospect is no longer behind their name. And prospects are prospects until they either pan out or they're busts. And more often than not, they become busts. You have to build your team through the minors. I understand that. Okay? But when you have the ability to get bona fide players in a position that you have basically been a sinkhole for years. Like I said, just another name that they that they didn't get. Just another one. Uh, right? Brian said the same thing. Matt Laporta. There you go. Yep. 877-867-1670. Next hour, Mike Clement's going to join us. We'll talk about some guys that are on the bubble with the Green Bay Packers. And uh, Mike will have everything from inside uh, the, the Packers locker room. Um, and what's going on over there uh, this week, this being a day in which the Packers kind of do their walkthrough, get ready for the game. Because this is like they're, they're treating it like a regular, a regular week. So you had, uh, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, those are your practice days like you would on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday is your off day, your walkthrough day. You know, you go in, you look at film, you get ready for the game, you look at the game plan. And then, you know, tomorrow, Saturday, being like a noon kickoff on a Sunday, and that's what Matt LaFleur wanted to get this team ready for and get them kind of into the uh, into that, that um, you know, game day practice thing, that mode, if you will. And then, obviously, they get a week off. And I'm not saying a week off to go away and do whatever the hell they want, but they've got a film study coming up Sunday. Monday, you start to look into a few things. Tuesday, guys find out if they're still on the squad. And then, uh, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you're probably going to have some things going on before you take the weekend off. You're back at it. And then it gets real. Then it gets real. Then you get ready for Chicago. Chicago's next up on the docket. So hoping for a good performance tomorrow. Well, it looks like the weather in, at Lambeau is going to be awesome. It's like 75 and sunny tomorrow. Look like it's going to be perfect. So it should be awesome for a game. So that's what's coming up in the next hour. I can't emphasize it enough. Please help us out. If you are a motorcyclist, and if you are, great. If you ha- are not, please send it along to somebody who is. It's the 16th annual poker run benefiting Fisher House, Wisconsin. And it takes place Sunday, September 3rd. We are creeping up nine days away. Nine days. And if you want to get registered, there's no the weather looks great. The forecast has already been good. But if you want to get registered for it, scan the QR code or just simply go to Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run and get registered. Because if you're going to go pre-register, at least then you qualify for the big three prizes we're giving away uh, in the raffle for those who pre-register. You know, you might as well get in on that as well, right? You're going to be there anyway, so why not? And bring friends. We always say bring friends. Every year it grows. It's going to be like a family reunion, and only this year it's going to get bigger, hopefully. But, again, Facebook.com slash Big Unit Poker Run. We start out at the Harley-Davidson Museum in downtown Milwaukee, and we're going to have a great time. Hey, another hour of the Bill Michael Show. You have to go right after this.